Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. This season is a study of Colossians. Read it, study it, and live it. Here's Jacqueline. We are finishing 12 weeks of Colossians. Not crazy. Four weeks of reading Colossians as if we've never read it before. Four weeks of studying Colossians, asking questions. That question guide good. Seeking answers, knocking on scripture's door and making sure Jesus is part of your study. We saw that in Revelation 3 and Revelation 4. We did four weeks of live it. And it's learning how to live scripture in a whole new way. Not in demonstrating it, not in putting on a show, not in working really hard and being the good Christian girl that we want to be so badly, but staying before that treasure chest. Was that good? It's a different mentality. Harder work sometimes because nobody can watch you do that. Nobody's there to give you an applause, give you an A plus, give you an F. <laughs> it, it's you and God, and that's what you're doing for live it. And we're gonna finish that today. We're gonna end Colossians 3 and go into the beginning of Colossians 4. That's how we're gonna conclude our study. And we're gonna focus on the word submit. We've been putting this off, haven't we? There's been a time or two we've read this collectively as a group. And when we get to this, we'll be, I rewatched the videos for chapter four, the last few ones. And I kept saying, submit, we'll put that off. We have before Thanksgiving, right? Like, don't worry about that at the dinner table this year. You don't have to live that yet. We'll do that after Thanksgiving. Welcome to Women Inseparable. Live it week four. We're going to talk about submission today, which is why I brought a couple copies of my book, The Beautiful Reward. It is a book entirely on submission. Maybe something to be interested in after our study, after you fall in love with that word today. Let's read some scripture and then I'm going to pray. Colossians 3, we're going to start in verse 18. And as we start with verse 18, here's my request. Do you remember that treasure chest we've been talking about the last few weeks? Do you remember how that feels in your hand, in your heart, the beauty that you're beholding? Sometimes when we read this verse or other verses in Ephesians or 1 Corinthians or Timothy, we read this verse and we put on our warrior pose. Can you take off your warrior pose where you are as you are in the world of wife, whether you're pre-wife, post-wife, hard wife, struggle, heartache, joy, tears, there's many, many emotions that come, aren't they? There's many, many emotions. We can talk marriage and we can talk marriage with girlfriends. We can talk marriage with strangers and we can judge the other's marriage by our perception. Do you ever do that? We cast stones on other people's marriages. Maybe sometimes we're jealous of another marriage. Maybe we're better than another marriage. Maybe we think that we're the only marriage that's going through a hard time. We're the only one who has a husband that just fill in the blank. Can you set all of that aside? Get on your knees before that treasure chest and behold the jewel of a compassionate heart upon yourself, patience upon yourself, kindness upon yourself, meekness 
upon yourself. Can you feel that jewel, that breath? Stay there. Here's what Colossians says. Colossians 3.18. It says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you with so many thoughts, so many emotions, so many preconceived ideas, so many questions, so many ideas, so many closed doors, so many Pandora's boxes, so many ill-preached sermons, so many ill-exampled illustrations, so much that has gone before us and so much that we fear that's going to come behind us. I pray right now that we'll sit as a woman of your creation before the treasure box of your riches. And I pray that we will behold all things new. I pray that today's lesson, today's scripture is about me, that the words I hear today are about me, that the words the girls hear today are about them. I pray that it's personal, that it's individual, that there's no stones around us at all. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll cast Satan away from your design of marriage right now. Oh, how he hates what you created. I pray that we will not, not allow him in our thoughts right now, not allow his arrows to come near us, for you have said when we flee, he has to run away. When we stand before your throne, he has no place in our heart, in our mind, in our thoughts, in our soul, in our marriage. Satan has no place, and we claim that truth in the name of Jesus Christ. We lay these marriages, these dreams at your feet. I pray that you'll be with us as we read scripture. I pray that you will speak truth upon each and every one of our hearts. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Wives, submit to your husbands. I hated the word <laughs> submit. Ill preaching changed the word for me, taught me that women submit to men. That's not biblical, it's not correct. It's not right, it's not practical, it's not God, it's not his design. So when I sat down to write that book over the book of Matthew, it's a chapter study through the book of Matthew, I did chapter one, I did chapter two, and I did chapter three, and as I'm writing to see where this was going, it was all going toward submission, and I hated it, so I deleted it and started over and wrote chapter one and chapter two and chapter three, and it was about submission again. And I got on my knees, oh my God, you're trying to tell me something, and I'm not happy about this. And it's interesting, because when you look at Matthew one and Matthew two and Matthew three, the first thing that you think of is never submission, because it doesn't say wives submit to your husbands. But what it does say is that Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, was born in the flesh, nine months in a womb, innocent, helpless, baby Jesus. If that's not the image of submission, I don't know what is. Grasp that. That's submission. 
we hear this, wives submit to your husbands, and we we buckle as if we're hearing the word submit for the very first time, but we've read scripture and we've sat with Colossians for 12 weeks and we have fallen in love with these words. And that right there is submission. You've been studying Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the very image and the gift and the design, the very definition of submission is the name Jesus Christ. Isn't that sweet? Is that freedom? Submission is not a marriage word. Marriage is under the umbrella of submission, but Jesus Christ is submission. Follow Jesus. We are, however, women inseparable. We are women, therefore, the word wife is identified as labeled on us when we choose to say, I do. I love, love marriage. Like a dork, I love marriage. I love marriage. So I grew up hearing Paul and his opinion of marriage. And I'd always think like, what's wrong with you, Paul? (laughs) Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, his opinion of marriage. He says, we're all called to a gift. Some of you are called to the gift of singlehood. And to you, I say, well done, Paul's opinion. And he stands very vocally on, if you have a choice in life, choose to be single, right? Paul stand. And not did he stand on that vocally, he stood on that in his life. Because he said, if you can live in that gift of singlehood, then you can give all that you are, all that you have, all that he has given to you back to him. And there's no one to stand in that space. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. If you're single and you are here with the Lord God Almighty, embrace that. It's a beautiful season in life. Paul favored that, held on to that, clung to that, lived that, and has jewels upon jewels that he laid before the throne of God in his gift of singlehood. He also says in 1 Corinthians 7 that there are some that are called to the gift of single life, and there are those that are called to the gift term of marriage. That beautiful. That is a man who was kind of anti-marriage refers to marriage as a gift and acknowledges that. That's a lot. So I love that he has that opinion in 1 Corinthians. And then he's the one that tells us in Colossians and in Ephesians, wives submit to your husbands. Husband loves your wives. And he's like, don't even get married. And in my mind, it makes it even more beautiful that Paul, a man who favors being single so he can give all that he is to all that he is above, as if God himself is telling somebody who doesn't understand marriage. He says that in Ephesians 6, it's a mystery that I cannot even understand. But yet God uses the apostle Paul, a single man to proclaim the perfect formula of marriage. Almost as if God uses a man who doesn't get it to proclaim a truth that God owns. I think that's cool. Paul doesn't like marriage. He doesn't get it. But yet he tells us, I have a formula for you. And you've heard people say there is no perfect marriage. There is no perfect design for marriage. There's no formula. Da, 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 da. Scripture says opposite. God created a perfect union, did he not? Genesis 3 tells us that God created 
a perfect union. He created man in the very image of God. That's perfect. He told God, or God told Adam the very first rule, the only rule, he told Adam when Adam was the only human on earth, he told him the one rule. We know the rule, right? There's fruit everywhere. Eat it, except for one. Don't eat that. Those words were told to Adam. And then God says our favorite words. It's not good. It's not good for that boy to not have that girl. So he creates a girl. The Bible doesn't tell us when and how the boy told the girl the one rule. But when Satan comes at Eve, Eve knew the rule. How did Eve know the rule? The man was the head and the man told her and she listened to a point. And I wonder if you and I were able to sit with Eve today and give her counsel today. What would we ask her? What would we tell her? You're going to have a conversation with somebody tomorrow. That person is going to try to twist what your husband has told you. Can you please do me a favor and what? What would you want to tell Eve? Stay away. Yeah. Would you give her a little bit of advice to listen to your husband? <laughs> What would our lives be different if Eve listened to her husband? Hmm. But imagine if that one sentence that we buck against, that we put on our warrior pose, changed the very decision of Eve. That if only for just a split second she stopped the conversation she was having with a stranger and put her husband's words first. Have you ever heard somebody else talk and you're like, but my husband said this, but... You sound better than what my husband was saying. Anybody ever done that? Eve did that. What would happen if we clung to what our husband said? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But for whatever reason, fill in the blank. And you trust him just a little bit more. If Eve listened to her husband, things would have been different. And if we have an opportunity to say to Eve, can you do one thing for me? Will you please just listen to him? Because my life can be different through your listening. So then there's those of us that are sitting here today who hold the label wife, whether, you know, name tag or this beautiful jewel that we get from our men. What would happen if we listened to our husbands today? Who would be affected by that? Our children, siblings, our parents. Would your parents be affected by your marriage? Have you ever taught somebody older than you? It's an honor. It's an honor. Your girlfriends, your girlfriends are affected by your marriage. You have that friend that is always with you and they're like, nah, my husband, bleh. How do you walk away feeling? Do you go home with colored eyes? Of, oh, my husband, bleh. <laughs> and you wonder, why am I such in a bad mood over my husband? Oh, oh, lunch today. <laughs> or there's that conversation where a girlfriend says, my husband, and a smile crosses her face. You'll never believe what he said, what he did, who he is. And it doesn't have to be all gush, and it doesn't have to be a lie, and it doesn't have to be all weird, and it doesn't have to be, you know, too much information. 
But just in passing, you held your husband up just a little bit. As you are where you are, maybe holding your husband up right here is a grand demonstration of love. Hold your husband. Hold your husband up. Say, don't have it in me to hold him up higher than this. Then don't. But hold him. See what God can do with that. And when you talk about your husband held in your hand in prayer, in respect, in appreciation, and value, and I'm going to listen to him, and you have those conversations with girlfriends, you just encouraged a girl to fall in love with the very first gift that God has given to mankind. Satan is anti-marriage. He's anti-marriage. He's anti-marriage. He hates your marriage. You ever wonder why marriages are falling apart, why your marriage is hard, why marriage is a struggle? Well, everybody has these taglines of marriage because Satan hates it. It's the first thing that God created. It's the first gift God made. And it's the first thing that Satan tried to take apart. And he did. And here we are today in 2021. And we sit here and think, I don't know why marriage is so hard. You've got a lion at you. He's walking around seeking what marriage he can devour. He doesn't like marriage. But on the other token, you have Jesus Christ, the creator of your marriage, praying for your marriage, fighting for your marriage, standing you in your marriage, standing your husband in your, he's fighting for you. Jesus Christ, our risen savior is fighting for your marriage. Maybe we need to write that down. Maybe we've lost our fight. If you're in that place where you've lost your fight, will you write down the sentence, Jesus Christ has not lost his fight for my marriage. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Here's a question I have. I have a, this question for each and every one of us. We are women inseparable. We hold, we hold on to our as we are where we are, and we're finding our strength in that. We're finding our individual creation, our value in Christ in that. We're losing our, this is who we were. This is who we want to be. This is my truth right here, right now. Can we apply that to your marriage? And the easiest way to apply this to your marriage today with this passage is that little phrase, as is fitting in the Lord. So consider your status of marriage right now. Consider that. You today, as you are, where you are, your status of marriage. How would that submission look like as is fitting in the Lord for you? We can look at other marriages and say, but I want that. And we could look at it as a respect and take notes. Don't put it on. Don't put it on. My sister and I are very, very similar. There's three years between the two of us. Her name is Sherilyn. Love her, love her immensely, vice versa. We're, she's been my, my stronghold, my older sister, my, my world, my entire life. She and I are the same person, except for in our communication style. So God gave Sherilyn a man named Tim, whom I love and adore as a brother-in-law. And God gave me a man named Don, who my sister loves and adores as a brother-in-law. My sister, Sherilyn and Tim, would say that they have a perfect marriage. They have a perfect marriage for Sherilyn and Tim. It's not fight-free. It's not conflict-free. 
It's not free of life and situations and circumstances and world and job stress and health. Life is circling in and around and through that marriage. But for Sherilyn and Tim standing together, they have a perfect marriage for Sherilyn and Tim. Why? Because Sherilyn, even though it's not her first response, submits to her husband. And because Tim, even when it's not his first response, loves Sherilyn. Don and I are night and day from Sherilyn and Tim. The way our marriage is, the way we function, you cannot put our marriage on the same paper. Like, it doesn't even fit. We are opposites in every area of our marriages. Don and I have been married for 20 years. They've been married for 24 years. Don and I would say, for Don and I, we have a perfect marriage. Not because we're free from life, free from health issues, free from child struggles, free from things, life, world. But I choose to submit to Don Palmer. I choose that, and it makes me smile. I'm a dork. I'm telling you, I love, love marriage. My husband chooses to love me. Marriage. God has given us a perfect formula. So when somebody says there isn't a perfect formula for marriage, say, have you read scripture? Can you give me scripture for that? Where does it say in the Bible that there is no such thing as a perfect formula for marriage? The reason the perfect formula doesn't work are three things. The world. Has the world gotten into your marriage? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, our flesh, the devil. Those three things come in and they want to break up this perfect formula where if a man loves his wife, and Ephesians 6 gives greater detail to that, and if a wife submits to her husband as is fitting in the Lord, as you are where you are, you as your creation, not some other woman, not some other image, not some other thought of what submission looks like, not a handcuff. Jesus did not wear a handcuff when he came, but he submitted in the Lord. What would happen if as we are where we are on ground zero, We tried this perfect formula and we prayed in the name of Jesus against the world. Pray protection over your marriage. Pray protection. Next time you want to get mad at your husband for bringing the world into your marriage. Next time you want to get mad at yourself for bringing the world into your image. Will you stop and out loud proclaim the name of Jesus and pray protection over eyes, over ears, over physical touch. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ, protection, and then submit, wife, to your husband as is fitting in the Lord. There are some demonstrations of submission that are not fitting in the Lord. There are, not, there are some situations of submission that are not fitting in the Lord. Consider Jesus. We are called to love, we are called to peace, we are called to purity, we are called to be the very image of Jesus Christ. If there is an issue where you're like, I cannot submit, if I submit, I will be hurt physically, emotionally, 
neglect. There's an issue of abuse that comes into my home every time I submit, sweet sister, that is not fitting in the Lord. Can I say that again? If your submission brings on abuse from your husband that is not fitting in the Lord, you are not called to abuse. You are the daughter of the king. Is that fair to say? If that is not your situation, consider your husband. Consider your husband as you read this next phrase in verse 19. It says, husbands, love your wives. Interesting, we read this verse and we think of our husbands, but you are just as much in this sentence as he is. So let's, as a woman, listen to this verse. It says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Turn that around to your place in this verse. Your husband is called to love you. Are you letting him? Are you letting him love you as a husband, which a husband is a man and a man has a different love language than a woman and a man demonstrates love differently than a woman. Ephesians 6 tells us that the man is called to love the wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So when our husband sacrifices his day, his time, his service, his life for you, and we sit there and think, but you're not spending time with me, sweetheart. He's loving you and providing for you and taking care of you. Say thank you for loving me next time he does something that is a different love language than you want. See what happens then. Instead of yelling at him, but I wanted you to do this and you did that. What if you say you did that? Thank you. I feel your love. Try that. See what happens when you say thank you. Thank you for working hard for me. And his response may be, I hate my job. Good. Good conversation. That's good. I have that exact conversation. My husband does not have a great job. He does not love his job. But he goes every day. That's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. So I thank him. Thank you for working hard. <sighs> I hate my job. I know you do. But the fact that you hate your job and the fact that you still go makes me feel so loved. And I appreciate that. What would happen if that thing is turned into a thank you? And I'm like, but I don't know if I feel the thank you. Say it out loud and see if you can feel it. Put yourself in his shoes and see if you would like to hear it and receive it that way. Say thank you. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. I like that. I like that. It kind of gives us a call to be soft. Have you ever felt like you're not soft with your husband? Not a gentle place for him to fall. I am woman. <laughs> Hear me roar. It's okay to give him a pickle jar to open for you. It's okay to sit quietly and let him sit quietly next to you. You know what your husband needs. Why do we get stubborn about that? Have you ever been purposely stubborn about something that, you, that your husband, <laughs> that's a great response. Let me see if I can get through that sentence. Have we ever been stubborn when we know what our husbands need? And we're like, Meh. why do we do that? Here's a challenge for all of us. Can we quote this verse in our hearts next time we want to be stubborn to not give our husbands what he needs at that time? 
Husbands, love me. Let me be soft and let him do what God has called him and equipped him to do, which means I need to allow him to do what he is called and created and equipped to do. Ouch, fun, sweet, perfect, gift, beautiful. This was the design of marriage that God created before Satan even stepped foot into it. Marriage is perfect. It is. God created it. He cannot create something that's not perfect. Marriage is beautiful. It is. We live in a broken world. That's truth. The world is awful. Our flesh burns within us. Satan, I hate him. I absolutely, with all my heart, hate him. I hate how much he wants to break what you have. I hate it. I know there are some of us that are hearing these words and our hearts hurt. Tears want to run. Memories are going through our heads. Questions are being asked. And I think of Isaiah 14 that proclaims who Satan was. I will be higher than God Almighty. And then if you read further down in Isaiah 14, God says to Satan that one day men will look at you and say, they'll ask the question, is this the man? Is that Satan? Like that insignificant beast is what tripped me up? And we will mock the very person that is destroying your home today. I hate Satan. I hate him. If I can say from the depths of my heart, from the heart of a little girl that was raised in a broken home, from the heart of an adult woman who has held tears of girlfriends, that has fasted with marriages that were on the brink of divorce that are standing in union today. As a believer of the perfect formula that God has created, can I say with all my heart, I am so sorry to those of you that are going through a hard time today. With all my heart, I am so sorry for the brokenness, for the heartache, for the emotions, for the sorrow, for the ill display that has been brought into your home with all that is in me. And I know I'm not the only girl sitting here that is holding one another in prayer. Marriage is a sweet, sweet thing. Here are some things that come from our, our marriage. And I wanna just keep reading. Let's get to some more scripture. I'll start from the beginning and let the Lord say what needs to be said upon our hearts and be selfish with those words. Colossians 3.18, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, and you're in this verse as well, mom, wife, woman. Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. I pray the Lord is speaking truth in your heart, mom, on your place in that verse. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. 
wife, where are you in that sentence? What are you listening to? What are you exhorting? 22 changes from the family dynamic. And he says, bond servants obey in everything. Those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, almost as if you could put in the word submission. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master, capital M, God Almighty, in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer. These are words that fall under the category of master that we can take on within our heart, within our situation that is on our heart right now. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, Paul says. Paul says this is of himself, of Timothy, of the men that are with him that we have studied at the end of this chapter. Pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. He sums up chapter one in that one sentence so beautifully. He says, pray that I can make it clear, the mystery of Christ, that I can make it clear, because that's how I need to speak, is in clarity. And it's interesting to me as we're talking so much about marriage today and how he refers to the mystery of Christ, and it's the same phrase he uses about marriage, that it's a mystery. It's a mystery of Christ. It's, it's you as the church, as the bride, and it's Jesus Christ. And he compares you, the bride, and Jesus Christ. He compares that union, that dynamic to you and your husband. Ponder that. God loves marriage. He created it to be perfect. He created it to be beautiful. And when we hear perfect, we get set off by that. But perfect is going to be different for you. And it's going to be different for me. You want perfect for you and your spouse. What does that look like as you are as a couple, where you are as a couple? What does that perfect look like? It may look different than it looked the day you said, I do. I like those facial expressions. That's okay. That's okay. And it may look different in 10 years. That's okay. Seasons come, seasons go. What does your marriage look like? Is it perfect in the eyes of God and His creation? The perfect gift God has given to you guys. Are you upholding it as the beautiful gift that it is? Verse 5, and we're going to finish with this segment. And I think this is a neat gift to bring into our marriage. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious. Let your speech be seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Perhaps we would need to put our husband's name in that. 
perhaps we're in a season where we need to purpose to season our salt or season our words with salt and apply this and live this passage in our marriage as we are where we are. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the design of man. Thank you for the design of women. Sometimes we sit here in our female design and we get so confused by the man and we don't know why they think the way they think and the way, why they do what they do, the way they function, the way they function, the way they love, the way they love. It's sometimes too much for us to understand. I pray that you'll open our eyes to the love of our husband today. I pray for those of us that are looking forward to the day that you'll give us wisdom, give us discernment. I pray that you'll draw our hearts to the man that you have for us. I pray that you will go before that marriage. Keep it clean, keep it pure, keep it perfect in the design that you have for that couple, for that day when they unite in you. I pray for those of us that are sitting without our spouse today. I pray that you'll bring memories of love, of laughter, of beauty. I thank you for that time that you've given. I pray it should be with that woman right now whose heart is broken, who's facing such uncertain times, who's asking questions and doesn't even know where to go for the answers. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you will hold her as she is. Lord, hold her in your embrace. I pray that she, she will feel your arms around her. Let her know how much you are fighting for her, that you're protecting her. Give her wisdom. Give her grace. I pray that you will fill her with the compassionate heart, with the patience, with the meekness, with the kindness that you have for her within who you are. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with us who are standing, that are living with our spouse today. I pray it should be with our marriage. Lord, you know exactly where our marriage is today. I pray that you will reset our eyes. I pray that you'll help us to see our marriage as we seek the things that are above. Help us in our marriage to set our eyes on heavenly things. Help us, Heavenly Father, to submit as is fitting in the Lord. Help us to let our husbands love us in such beautiful, unique ways. Our marriages, Lord, we give to you. Our heart of a woman, we thank you and we give it back to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.